welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Hello, my friends, and Happy New Year again. Welcome back to episode 168 of Wellness Your Way. Although we released an episode last week with an interview, this is my first episode in the new year getting to talk to you directly, and I have so much in store for you today because I know this is a confusing time of year, and there's a lot of uh, emotions going on around health at this time of year. So I wanted to write a letter to you, and that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today are some of my hopes for you, for your health in 2024, and some words of inspiration for you as you dive into January of 2024. I also want to share with you a preview of some of the books that I read in 2023. It's a preview because the full list of those books is on the blog starting today. So you can uh, add to your Amazon cart or your local bookstore shopping list any of the books that stand out to you that you might want to read this year. Like I do every year, I have rank ordered them in various categories according to which books were the most impactful for me and which I think you may enjoy the most. So I'll give you a preview of that here in the Veggies of the Matter after my letter to you for 2024. But before that, we'll do health news you can use and then we'll wrap up. So I am just so hopeful for you, for us, for this year. I have so many expectations and so much anticipation in a positive way leading into 2024. And I hope you feel that way for yourself as well. All right, my friends, let's go ahead and dive in. In health news you can use, I'm actually using a study from 2022, but it's just perfect for this time of year. As many of us make resolutions to exercise more and more and more, and we might get a little overzealous in that, or we might think, oh goodness, I can't do all the exercise, so why do I even bother? It's just such an insightful study to um, educate us on what is actually most useful when it comes to exercising in various intensities. So this study used data from the nurse's health study and the health professional's follow-up study. It was done on over 110,000 people over very long term. So most exercise studies are just done on six months, a month, a year, two years, something like that. that. And this was done over decades, having people report in every couple of years on the exercise they were doing. And they looked at two main categories of exercise. One was called moderate intensity 
uh, activity. And this was less than six METs. I will explain what a MET is in just a second. And then vigorous intensity exercise, which was over six METs. Now, a MET is a way to estimate your energy expenditure. So two METs, for example, means you're expending double the energy, twice as much energy as you would just laying down doing nothing. So two METs is like you know, maybe you're washing dishes, maybe not. That might be even more than two mets, but maybe you're walking lightly around the house, something like that. You're standing up, you're moving. Six mets is the cutoff for this moderate to vigorous intensity. Six mets, you've got to be walking at a fast pace. You've got to be actually moving. It's not just, uh, oh, this happened during the day. This is going to be something that you're intentionally doing. So let's talk about some of the findings of the study. First, they found that compared to doing no vigorous intensity exercise, you see a pretty huge decrease in mortality rates when going up to 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise per week. So meaning if you don't do any vigorous intensity exercise right now, and then all of a sudden you start doing 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise per week, that's, you know, 10 to 20 minutes per day of really getting your heart rate up there over six METs, you see a drastic decrease in mortality, meaning a huge amount of benefit. However, the interesting thing is past that point, doing even more vigorous intensity exercise, more than 150 minutes per week, actually doesn't seem to reduce mortality risk rates any further. So once you hit that 150 minutes, doing more and more and more of that vigorous intensity exercise is not really beneficial. And in fact, if you're going all out with vigorous intensity exercise, by the time it gets to like 700 minutes per week, you actually see some mortality increases. So some detriment to that. So 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous is helpful. After that, not really any additional benefit. Now, if you really like exercising and you're like 150 minutes per week, that doesn't feel like enough to me. It does appear that there are benefits from additional moderate intensity exercise. So these benefits actually go more or less indefinitely. They studied up to 900 minutes per week, and there keeps being more and more and more benefit as people add on more and more and more moderate intensity activity. So something like walking, dancing, all of those kinds of exercises, the more you do, the better your health outcomes are in this study. The benefits do start flattening out after about 300 minutes per week. It's like very marginal increases for each additional minute, but there still are marginal additional benefits. So if you... Um, are excited about doing more like I am too, then that moderate intensity exercise is going to be great for you. So let me summarize a few of the main takeaways of this study. If you don't have much time to exercise, the vigorous intensity exercise is probably your best bet. The 
big decrease in mortality from going to zero to 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise is just huge. So two to three hours of vigorous intensity exercise per week is just the biggest bang for your buck that you're going to get better than two to three hours of moderate intensity exercise. Second takeaway is if you're already doing a moderate amount of exercise, like five hours per week or something, it doesn't really seem to matter how you allocate it. If you want to do vigorous or you want to do moderate intensity, great. You want to do two and a half hours of each, great. You can't really go wrong if you're already doing five or so hours per week. And if you're exercising a lot, maybe even more than that, it doesn't really make sense to add on more vigorous intensity activity. It does make sense if you want to, to keep doing more moderate intensity exercise like walking, moving around, things like that. But we are not, based on this study, designed to do more and more and more and more vigorous intensity exercise. So more exercise is a great thing. I'm sure that you all are not surprised to hear that. And for reducing specific types of cardiovascular disease risks, doing at least a couple of hours per week of that vigorous intensity exercise is going to be great. But if you want to do even more than that, stick to the moderate. Don't overtax your body, listen to your body and strike some balance. That's going to give you the best bang for your buck for exercise this year and in future years. I will link to the study in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed. All right, my friends, it's time for the veggies of the matter. And as we enter into the new year, I call this segment my letter to you. And it's not really a letter because I don't have the words written out that I'm just going to read to you. I'm just going to speak from the heart and let it flow a little bit because I would love to for you to envision that we're sitting down over tea or we're going for a walk and we're just chatting. And I want this segment, just a few minutes here, to really give you what you need this time of year because there's so much out there. This time of year is confusing as it comes to health. There's excitement, there's pressure, there's hope, there's doubt. There's so much swirling around. And I want to take this moment for you to tune out all of that noise and go inside and reflect and realize that you have what you need already inside of you. All of these messages that are bombarding you this time of year, you can tune them out when you need to. You have what you need already inside of you. Now is your time to really get intentional about listening to what is right for you and to filter out those messages that just are not for you right now. And so I want to dive into those four things that I said you might be experiencing this time of year, the excitement, the pressure, the hope, and the doubt. For the excitement, use it. Make goals. Hopefully you listened to the episode a couple of weeks ago and you can use dream goals for yourself. If you didn't go back and scroll to that episode and uh, listen to how to make dream goals, but use the excitement to make your goals. Create systems. I love this time of year because I'm preparing all of my systems for goal tracking. I'm printing out new calendars and new sheets, and I'm arranging my schedule in a way that feels most aligned to me and who I want to be in this year. 
Use that excitement. Some people shy away from it because it feels cliche, but cliches are cliche for a reason because oftentimes they work and they're true. And if we can embrace the excitement of this time of year, why wouldn't you use that excitement? And then the second thing you might be feeling is pressure. Ignore it. Ignore it. This is your permission slip to ignore the pressure, to go faster, bigger, harder, stronger, whatever it is that you feel pressure to do this time of year. And I particularly do mean this in terms of health, because let's face it, there will always be a new fad diet or pill or injection or something like that. There always has been. If we think about in recent years, it was keto, which is now slowly fading away. There was carnivore popping up in there. There was vegan. There was South Beach. There was Atkins. There was Zone. There were all these things. There always will be. And every single time we collectively as society, we think this is finally the answer. And it always fades. Every time it has faded as we realize it's not really the miracle that we think it is, or it has health risks and detriments that we didn't realize, or it's not sustainable over the long term, or it depends on your genetics and all of this kind of stuff. And it's not just a blanket answer for every single person. It always fades. The only tried and true health advice is not a fad. It's eating whole foods. It's listening to your body. It's moving your body. It's taking care of your mind. It's drinking more water. It's eating less sugar. It's all of these things that feel unsexy, but these are the only things that don't fade. So when you feel pressure this time of year, this is your permission slip to ignore it. The third thing you might be feeling is hope. And just like excitement, I encourage you to let yourself be hopeful. So many of you hold yourselves back because of the doubt. You start getting hopeful. Maybe this is the year that I, you fill in the blank. And then that voice inside of you says, no, Megan, this is not the year. You've tried that before. It's not going to be the year. So then you squash your hope. You put out that flickering flame and you pretend it was never there. You don't let yourself get excited about that. I don't want you to do that this year. You deserve more than staying the same. Let yourself dream. Let yourself manifest. Let yourself believe. Let yourself smile as you think about the things you can accomplish for your health this year. This can be a turning point for you if you just let yourself hope. And the fourth thing that many of us feel this time of year is what I just mentioned, it's doubt. The reason that you doubt is that you haven't done it yet. But just like an Olympic athlete who's trying something over and over and over and over for years and decades, and they really believe and want that dream, they're getting better and better at each attempt, even when they're not reaching it. Then finally, That one time they reach it after having tried it forever and then they celebrate and then they keep getting even better from there. And you 
Even if you've tried something over and over and over, you've gotten better with each attempt. You're an Olympic athlete in training for your goal. Maybe all of your efforts have gotten you so close and this is the year that you break through. Maybe you need an extra support system and my team is certainly here for you if that's the case or you need to have a system for yourself where you set daily reminders for yourself to not take your eyes off of the prize. The fact that you haven't done it yet, though, doesn't mean that you can't. It doesn't mean that you won't. Believe that everything you need is inside of you. Believe that this can be your year to achieve whatever it is you want. Peace, health, confidence, freedom, connection, I want all of this for you and so much more in 2024, and I know you can achieve it. So no matter which of those four things you're feeling, excitement, pressure, hope, doubt, some combination of all of them or something else, I hope this letter to you comes across as heartfelt as I mean it. I believe in you. I believe in your potential. And even if we've never talked one-to-one, Know that I'm cheering you on this time of year. I'm supporting you all throughout the year. I'm in your corner. I'm cheering you on. And I'm applauding you every step you take to get to your best self this year. So that's the end of my letter to you, which again was a little off the cuff, but heartfelt. But I also want to give you a preview of the books that I read in 2023 in case you want to hop over to the blog post and check out some of those for yourself. I know there are several readers in the crowd, many of you who ask me when the book list is coming out each year, and I have so much fun putting together the list all throughout the year as I am reading the books and summarizing them for you in just a few sentences. So that's what you have to look forward to if you head over to this week's blog post. I will put the link in the show notes for you, but just know it has all of the books that I read this year with a two or three sentence summary to help you decide if you want to read that book for yourself. And then of course, all the books are linked. Now I've been reading about 50 books per year for several years and I always hit it except this year. This year I only in quotes hit 46, but I'm not upset about it. The truth is that being in the doctorate program for all of 2023 means that I read a whole lot more than that four book gap that I'm missing. I don't count any of the reading that I do for the doctorate in my personal goals. Uh, So I'm just letting it roll. 46 is still amazing. 46 books is 46 opportunities I've given myself to tap into what I love most, which is reading, to explore the ideas of others that think like me and think differently from me. It's 46 gifts I've given to myself. So of course, I'll set the goal for 50 again in 2024, but 46 is a celebration for me for this year. So as always, I have divided my books into four categories, which are the categories that I read the most, health, personal development, business and productivity, and then there's other. And for the other, I'll be honest, some of them are not related at all to the work that we do at the Lion's Share. There are beach reads on there, novels. There were 
books on Enneagram. I got into that a, a bit for, for 2023. There are some other random books on there. So this year, I didn't even list all of those books. Although if you want to talk novels or Enneagram or anything like that, always feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm happy to share some of the ones that I loved. There were 17 other books, but what I'll do today is give you a preview of the health books, the personal development books, and then the business and productivity books. In health books for this year, I read 10. I am uh, just going to start with my number one because I could do a big lead up, but if you're here for the highlights, my number one health book was The Anatomy of Anxiety, Understanding the Body's Fear Response. And as someone who was first or diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder over two decades ago, believe it or not, it's something I've become very familiar with in my journey of being medicated and not trying various supplements, lifestyle practices, all of this stuff to manage it for myself and for my clients. And 33.7% of American adults will experience anxiety sometime in their lifetime. So I'm in good company. I thought this book written by Dr. Ellen Vora was fantastic. I've written so, no, I've not written. <laughs> I have read so many books on anxiety and this is my favorite one so far that I have read. It shares really valuable information on what anxiety actually is and how we can support our bodies if we're going through it. So that's a must read if you or someone you love is dealing with anxiety. My number two book in health was The Age-Proof Brain, New Strategies to Improve Memory, Protect Immunity, and Fight Off Dementia. And this is written by Dr. Mark Milstein, who I interviewed on Wellness Your Way in episode 135. So go back and listen to that episode if you have not yet heard it. I just thought it was full of fantastic science that was written in an understandable way and small action steps that we can all take. So those were my number one and two in health. A couple of the other books that I reviewed in the blog post, if you want to read about them, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, The Hashimoto's Protocol, Outlive, one of the most popular books of 2023 that came in as number five on my health top 10, Dopamine Nation, Smarter Not Harder by Dave Asprey, 100 is the New 30, which I actually wrote an endorsement for in the beginning of the book. Uh, Unexpected, which is kind of like a novel health book, interesting one, and The Perfect Gene Diet. Those were my 10 that I read in health. In personal development, ooh, I read some great books in personal development. So if you're looking for some of those, I highly encourage you to hop over to the blog post. My number one was The Motivation Manifesto, Nine Declarations to Claim Your Personal Power. I like to save books like this for the end of the year when I am focusing on celebrating my successes and looking into goals for the next year. And so this was the last personal development book that I read in 2023. And I'm so glad I saved it for the end. I, it is just so full of powerful reminders. It is written like the constitution. So it takes like, you know, I can read some books really quickly. If it's a novel or something, I read many pages per minute, but this one, it takes a little bit more focus. So if that's not what you're looking for right now, then maybe move on to later in the list. But the, the message is so powerful. I highly recommend it. 
My number two personal development book this year was The Mountain Is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery, a great book about why we self-sabotage and how to reduce it. And number three was Lighter, Let Go of the Past, Connect with the Present, and Expand the Future, which is written by Young Pueblo, one of my favorite authors. Other books that I review in the blog post are Broken by Glennon, oh no, by Jenny Lawson, who I heard on Glennon Doyle's uh, podcast. There we go. Broken was hilarious. I loved it. Life's Golden Ticket, another Brenda Burchard. Breathing Room, Letting Go So You Can Fully Live. Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. Radical Confidence by Lisa Bilyeu. A Hundred Things, Little, A Hundred Little Things Happy Successful People Do Differently. The Power of Fun, The Road Back to You, Everyday Enlightenment. Bigger, Better, Bolder. Stop Overthinking. How will you measure your life? And my number 16, excellent advice for living. So I have linked to the blog post with all of those uh, recaps if you want to check them out. Very quickly, since most of you are not here for productivity tips, but the three books that I read in this area are We Should All Be Millionaires, A Woman's Guide to Earning More, Building Wealth, and Gaining Economic Power. I thought that was great by Rachel Rogers. Manage Your Day-to-Day, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus, and Sharpen Your Creative Mind was a reread for me, but full of great reminders on productivity, and then Unreasonable Success and How to Achieve It profiles 20 people who achieved what the author calls unreasonable success. So those books are summarized as well in the blog post. And then finally in the blog post, I have linked to all the previous years when I've done these uh, recaps. So what I read in 2022 is on there. What I read in 2021, there's a special post on my top 10 all-time books on self-talk, self-care, and self-love what I read in 2020, what I read in 2019, what I read in 2018. And that was the first year that I did this, but that will give you plenty of books to look into. So I'd love to hear which of these books you are most excited about reading. Please shoot me a DM or email, respond to my newsletter, any of those kinds of things. And if you have any suggestions that I have missed that I can add to my list for 2024. But friends, this will wrap up the veggies of the matter. I am sending you all of my good vibes for 2024. I hope that you make it a fantastic start to the year. And I look forward to so many more podcast episodes with you. Happy New Year. Well, hello there, friend. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Wellness Your Way as much as I enjoyed delivering it to you. I care so much about delivering the best quality information to you through this platform and all the work that I do. And if you're finding what you need right here from this podcast, then great. Share it with a friend because that really, really helps more people find Wellness Your Way and then move on. But if you need a little more customization and direction on how to actually take the strategies you learn here and apply them realistically to your life, then I invite you to consider a LionShare one-to-one program. I've taken my over 10 years of experience, that's over 12,000 
thousand direct one-to-one hours with clients just like you. And I've refined my approach to get the best results for people and give you the information you actually need to build sustainable health solutions. I now have a team of amazing people, four fantastic women working for me directly with two of them being nutritionists who help me serve you. And we are ready to serve you in 2024. You can snag a free initial consultation just to chat with me about your goals and see if you're the right fit for our programs. Just go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Lions Initial Consultation, L-Y-O-N-S Initial Consultation, all lowercase, no spaces, bit.ly slash Lions Initial Consultation. The link is also in the show notes for you to set up that free chat. I can't wait to talk with you soon and make 2024 your year to finally feel your realistic, sustainable, healthiest self. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.